Nurse Deck, we give nurses a place to belong. Whether that's the platform to be heard or the breathing room to be accepted right where we are today. Nurse Deck is proud to be built by our collective nurse boys. Our Insider's Perspective interview series showcases the true diversity in nursing experience through individual storytelling. We will hear from professionals from all walks of nursing life, in academia, at the bedside, in the C-suites of administration, and at the forefront of nurse-led innovation. Nurses are strong, but we need each other more than ever. Our stories connect and unite us, and we're thrilled to bring you a new one each week. I'm Jamie Smith, and this is Insider's Perspective of Nursing, the podcast. Hi, everyone. My name is Jamie Smith. I am a nurse practitioner with Premier Geriatric Solutions here in Southwestern Virginia. I am the Chief Educator and Compliance Officer, and today I will be the host on Nurse Deck, and we have Ryan Mason here. Hi, Ryan. Hi, thanks for having me. Yes, can you tell our viewers a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Um, So my name is Ryan. Like you said, I am a 29-year-old registered nurse um, who also happens to be practicing with a disability that um, has me using a wheelchair. Um, Yeah, I was diagnosed with Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome when I was around 16 years old. It's a collagen disorder um, that affects every bit of my body and causes a plethora of super fun symptoms. But um, one of the staples being that all of my joints dislocate very easily, um, especially when I walk. And so I've been using a wheelchair for the past three years. Um, And as far as my nursing history, I have, let's see, I I did the math the other day, 12 years of emergency medicine experience, six of those as a registered nurse. Wow. And then two years case management and going on seven months postpartum. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. You've been a nurse for a while. Yeah. 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 So tell us, Ryan, tell our viewers today on Nurse Deck, how did you get started as a nurse? Sure. Um, so I mentioned that I was born with a disability. Um, and So that disability has affected my life many, many, many different times. But specifically, um, as a kid growing up, before I was even diagnosed, I was in and out of the hospital constantly, um, specifically the ER, um, for falls, head injuries from those falls, dislocations, you name it. I was in and out of there a lot. Um, And I remember being about 15, 16 years old and being in the ER again. And my mom made a joke and she's like, Ryan, you know, if you're going to be in and out of here so much, you might as well get paid to push the stretcher. (laughs) Now this was totally a joke because at the time I wanted to be a professional ballerina or on Broadway. That was my goal. I was a dancer, had no interest in health or science. And my family was also made up of artists musicians, not medical people. And so um, she was like, she made this joke and I said, all right, you're on. So I signed up for a class um, to train to be an emergency medical technician, EMT, maybe a few months later. Um, 
I took the class thinking that it would be like a one-time thing just to tackle something that scared me and had caused a lot of trauma in my life. I said, you know, let me, let me do this. Ended up falling in love and <laughs> I was an EMT, ended up working all through high school and all through college. Um, when I went away to college the first time, I majored in human sexuality. I at that time had been diagnosed and realized, okay, I can't dance professionally. Like that's never going to happen for me. So I stayed with what I had learned. I loved, I stayed with medicine, but I'd been fascinated in sexuality and wanted to be a sexual educator. And so that's what I went to school with the first time. Um, ended up teaching sex ed for about six months in middle schools. And that mm, there's only so many times that you can tell a middle school boy how to put a condom on a cucumber before you're like, you know what? I think I need a change. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> the whole time I missed my, I missed my roots. I missed patient care. And so I came back to my hometown, Southwestern Virginia and went back to school and got my registered nursing license and I've been a nurse ever since. Good for you. Seems like you love being a nurse. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us what's something you wish you had known as a new nurse. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> um, probably that nobody actually is trying to eat me alive and no one actually wants me to fail. Um, it just can can feel like that. And back then, well, it, now, but I feel like there was a lot of, you know, nurse bullying within ranks and things. I started out as a brand new nurse with little to no experience in the ER of all places. So mm -hmm. it was very high stress and a lot. Um, but yeah, definitely that it gets better and it gets easier. And that every single person in that emergency room or on that floor has been in my shoes, in your shoes as a new nurse and knows what it's like and remembers how hard it was. And once you succeed and is there to help, no matter what, you don't have to go through this alone. <laughs> That's a powerful statement. You know, being a brand new nurse, especially in the ED, I can't imagine. I worked PCU, transitioned from there, but ICU can completely intimidating. So powerful statement that, you know, other nurses have been there as well and they're there to help and yeah, you know, we have everyone to work with us. So absolutely. Ryan, will you share with us, tell us about your journey as a disability advocate? Absolutely. Um, so though I was diagnosed um, when I was 16 with my disability, I, because at that time, well, at the time I was diagnosed, my only real symptom that was affecting my day-to-day -day life was I had one shoulder that would sublux or partially dislocate every time I raised it above shoulder height. It happened to be my right arm and my dominant arm, so it <laughs> was annoying at best, but it had been that way my whole life. It's all I ever knew. So I made do, and so when they diagnosed me with this disorder I couldn't even pronounce, um, and told me, okay, you, you know, it's very possible you will be in a wheelchair by the time you're 20. Um, like any other, you know, bullheaded 16 year old, I just kind of was like, okay, it's not affecting me now. So that's fine. Um, but I, sorry, can you repeat that question? <laughs> My brain just went, hello. No, 
No, it's okay. I mean, these are pretty. I mean, I, if you get emotional, it's okay. At one point, I thought you were going to. Um, you are a strong person. I know this is like we've stopped, but just hearing you talk, you just have got a good personality. Like, no wonder you've got 12,000 followers on LinkedIn. I mean, seriously. Thank you. I mean, oh gosh. Okay. So I'm going to start back from the question, but before we start back, the question was, Ryan, will you share with us, our viewers, tell us about your journey as a disability advocate. That's where I was going with that. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So here on the yes. count of three, we'll start back there. Ryan, will you share with us today? Tell us about your journey as a disability advocate. Absolutely. So like I said, when I was, I was diagnosed when I was 16. And like any other bullheaded 16 year old that's told, you know, you have this disability, I can't even pronounce and you'll, you know, end up in a wheelchair by the time you're 20. I kind of just laughed it off. I was like, okay, whatever. Um, I remember specifically, I had like an elevator story, you know, that there's little moments where somebody asks you, you know, what's going on, why you have bilateral knee braces, ankle braces, and wrist braces at 17 years old every day. Why do you look like you are going to roller derby just trying to go to gym class? Yeah. Um, and so I would be like, oh yeah, I was born with this genetic joint disorder. Disorder. It's a whole thing. They say I'll be in a wheelchair by the time I'm 20, but hey, look at me. I'm fine right now. And that was kind of my whole, that was it. I, I had this thing that I could Yes, it was a disability technically. But I didn't even think of myself as disabled. I was just kind of like, ah, that's just how I'm made and whatever. About the time that um, my mobility started being severely affected. So around 2015, 2016, um, I started having to use a cane regularly. Um, I was working full time in the ER still at the, at the time. Um, had fallen in love with trauma nursing, absolutely loved it. Um, it was all I ever wanted to do. And so I was training um, to become a flight nurse and that was my goal. And so all of a sudden in the midst of all of this, my left hip, which is normally it can dislocate on command, like as a party trick, I've been doing it since I was a kid, is starting to slip when I take a step unexpectedly. And so I'm forced to leave the ER to kind of focus more on, okay, well, I need to go to walk in order to do this job. Um, went from using a cane to using forearm crutches to a wheelchair in a very short period of time, maybe totally over the course of a year. Um, and at that time, having to leave the ER and taking a job away from the bedside and trying to learn this in this whole new life as a woman in a wheelchair, I immediately turned to social media and I made this Instagram as a, just a diary, a place for me to tell my story. And because I had this disability my whole life, but it, for most of it, it had been invisible. And so there were tons of people very close to me that had no idea I was even disabled. And so I wanted to kind of tell my story and what it was like, mainly just for my friends and family to, you know, okay, when they see me walking around with a cane, they, they can know like, this is what's happened. And here's my whole story. Plus it was good therapy for me on those good days and bad days. And because I was in my head, just sharing with friends and family, it was very candid and very right there in the moment of, you know, the first time that I couldn't find a spot close enough and realized it realized that I needed to obtain a handicap placard. That was a lot. 
Yeah. And so I'm doing all of this. I'm going through all of this pretty much alone because at this point in my life, you know, when I was diagnosed with EDS, I was 16 and it was before social media was really a huge thing. So it wasn't like I could just log on and connect with a bunch of different people with my disorder. I, you know, I felt very alone and isolated and most physicians couldn't even tell me what my life was going to look like because it was so rare and so few people specialize in it that when I would go in, they couldn't tell me if it would affect my lifespan. They couldn't tell me if I could have kids. It was so much going through all of this by myself. And so when I turned to my Instagram and I started sharing my story, all of a sudden I'm getting these messages from these newly diagnosed people who are like, oh my gosh, I found your page. And just hearing how you managed to go through this and how your journey you know, went, it gave me the inspiration that I needed to keep going and to you know, figure out that there is more to my life than just being stuck in a chair or stuck on a couch. And so from then I just kind of took off. I kept going with it. I said, all right, well, I'm just going to keep sharing my story. And it's sometimes not pretty and sometimes very in your face, but we're going to do it. And this ended up chronicalizing. Now I have this page that I can watch myself, you know, slowly lose my mobility, but at the time completely regain my confidence and learn who I am as a person. And so I never expected to be a disability advocate. I didn't even think of myself as disabled until a few years ago. And suddenly I was in the middle of it before I knew any better. And I absolutely love it. It's what I love to do every single day. And it's made me a better nurse and a better person. And yeah, that's me. Wow. (laughs) Wow. What a story. Thank you for sharing that. And look at you. I mean, you said your dream was to work in the ER, be a flight nurse. And then you ended up having, you you say you work as labor and delivery now. Is that right? Postpartum, mother baby. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. And you went to social media and look at what inspiration you've been to other people. I mean, how amazing is that? Thank you. (laughs) I have to pause for just a second. I, you, you made me tear. Hold on. <laughs> so you're making me tear <laughs> Your community of real nurses is waiting for you. Join Nurse Social from Nurse Deck today to connect and network with nurses from all over. Ask questions and share advice. Only verified nurses and nursing students have access to member areas. So new nurses, veterans, mentors, and leaders are here to connect and support one another. Get rewards for participating in your community. Score social points as you engage with fellow nurses and redeem your credit to support a growing list of products and services created by other nurses. Follow topics that interest and affect you as a nurse. Your peers are creating topics and stocking them with an unlimited supply of advice and resources. And you can follow along to help build a better world for nurses everywhere. Head to social.nursestack.com to join in today. We'll see you there. Wow. I mean, I'm trying to be all professional here, but I mean, wow. What a story, Miss Ryan. Wow. Thank you for that. All right, Nurse Deck, give me three seconds to put myself back together. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing your story. Wow. Thank so, you. 
Yeah. So Ryan, how can we go about creating a safer healthcare system and environment for nurses? Oh, that is a good one. Well, number one, I would, my answer will always be turn and ask your nurses. They are the people who are in and out of the thick of it day in and day out. They spend more time on those hospital floors than almost anyone else. And they know well. And the biggest thing I think we run into now and most in every hospital I have worked in my entire career is retention and focusing on the nurses that we have and the nurses that are putting in the work on the floors day in, day, day out, and making sure that we do have the safe staffing ratios that we need as best as possible, that we do have the support that's needed on the floor in order to properly educate new nurses coming on, especially now in the midst of the biggest health crisis we've seen in all of our lives. <laughs> um, support is I think the biggest thing. I've never seen so many nurses come together like I have this past two years and it's been amazing. Um, incredibly frustrating, but, but really amazing to see it and to remember why we all entered this field in the first place for sure. But yeah, definitely turning in and talking to your nurses and working for your nurses. Being supportive goes a long way. Just letting people know you're there for them. Say, hey, I was a new nurse. I know it's intimidating. I know you feel vulnerable. Don't worry about asking questions. No question is silly. Just ask. Mm -hmm. Being that support system alone will help with retention, I believe. Absolutely. So, yes. How do you think nurses can benefit, Ryan, from the Nurse Dex community for nurses? Oh, I think one of the biggest things that has helped me is, um, you know, turning to on my social media, I've met so many nurses um, from different walks of life because, you know, I grew up in Southwestern Virginia and that's where I've practiced my whole life, different hospitals in different areas down here, but it's still Southwestern Virginia. And so meeting other nurses from other walks of life, from other specialties that I don't even have in my surrounding hospitals um, has been instrumental. And so having a community like Nurse Deck to turn and learn about other nurses, hear stories from nurses, by nurses, for nurses is incredibly helpful because how often are we getting educated by someone who hasn't worked on the floor in 50 years, or if ever, and doesn't know what it's like. And so to have a place where you can turn and speak to people who have been through it, who know how you're feeling um, is incredibly helpful and supportive. And I think something that a lot of us definitely needed early on in our nursing careers. I agree. It's like they get it. They understand. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Do you think Ryan, that there is bias in nursing? I definitely think so. And I don't think I realized it as much until I began nursing from a wheelchair. Um, I definitely didn't. I didn't, I wasn't educated at all on the disability community. Um, and what I speak to when I, I, I talk to healthcare workers in groups time and time again, and so many of us had the same experience in school where, you know, our, like our lesson about disability was like, okay, we have a week to hit the high points of here are the certain disabilities that you will see that'll affect mobility and this one to look for pressure sores. Okay, moving on. <laughs> that was it. And so, so many people just don't feel comfortable around people utilizing mobility aids full-time, especially as a result of something that's not aging process. Um, we're just not trained on how to care for these patients. Um, 
and when we are it's very outdated it's it's you know mainly focused on the geriatric community and so <laughs> there's this entire population of people who though incredibly reliant on healthcare as a whole feels very slighted by them and i think in nursing we have a tendency to you know provide better care to the things that we're more comfortable with and that's just human nature and so I do think a bit of bias exists in that manner, especially. And it wasn't until I became a nurse from this position that I earned my advocacy towards that because it's just something that we can't help, but we don't know. That's so, exactly right. Yeah. So education is, is all about it and fixing those type of biases in nursing. I agree. What about diversity? What is the benefit of diversity in nursing? Oh, my goodness. Okay. I... <laughs> Love it. Um, getting seeing nurses from all walks of life. I will say that has been the coolest, coolest part of COVID. That I did not think I'd ever utter that sentence in my entire life. <laughs> but it has been that my hospital has had to employ much more travelers. And I have had met more nurses from different areas, more walks of life, backgrounds. And it has been incredible, especially as someone who fairly later in my nursing career is starting a brand new specialty going from trauma to postpartum. <sighs> yeah. That was a big jump. I love it, but oh my gosh. And so getting to me, all these people from different walks of life in this specialty that is so old has been really, really, really cool. And so diversity in nursing has helped me in that manner, improve my nursing care. And I get told constantly by the travelers who have never worked with a nurse in a wheelchair, or when I came on with my new preceptors in my new floor, um, when I came in in a chair, I will never forget, my very first preceptor at the end of the first day said, you know what? I really wasn't sure about precepting a nurse in a chair. I thought I was gonna have to do a lot of work for you. I didn't know, you know how much you would need support. And it took about 15 minutes for me to realize that you are still a nurse. You just have wheels attached to your butt. <laughs> I'm like, yes, thank you. I am so glad that I got to provide that education. And so now if any of my coworkers have questions about, you know, wheelchair use or wheelchair life or anything like that, they come to me. And so just having me on the floor has helped us you know, be more cognizant and careful for our patients with mobility limiting disabilities. And I think that's the benefit of diversity in nursing is just that education piece. We take care of all kinds. And so it's always good to work for, with all kinds as well. That's right. So what does cultural competence mean for healthcare providers? Oh, that is a good one. Um, so I work in a level one trauma center where we get people from all over every walk of life, um, every kind of background you could possibly imagine. And working in postpartum specifically, my day-to-day -day life on the unit is working with all kinds of cultures in this field that's so incredibly old and there's so much cultural tradition linked into it for all kinds. Things that I didn't realize to look out for. For example, a lot of Hispanic families really, really like to nestle the babies in lots and lots and lots and lots of blankets because not generally used to having any sort of air conditioning system and that's just culturally what they tend to do. And so if we aren't culturally competent, especially in healthcare, there's there's a way to properly care for our patients while still respecting cultural norms and traditions. And so 
if we are educated on these ways, we can absolutely be better healthcare practitioners because our patients will trust us further and not feel accidentally slighted because we made some sort of cultural mistake that we didn't know working with a culture that wasn't our own. So I think it's incredibly important. Yeah, you brought up education a few points and I couldn't agree with you more. Education is key. I could just talk and talk about it. So <laughs> I agree with you. Education can, can make a big impact for sure. Absolutely. We can't help what we don't know. That's exactly right, Ryan. More into vlogs than pods? You can also watch these interviews. Check out Nurse Stack on YouTube for video features of these amazing nurses and more content by and for nurses. Just search Nurse Stack on YouTube to find us and get watching. Ryan, how do you think nurses and healthcare professionals can improve on this as a whole? Education. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's really the only way and, and education, you know, from practitioners of specific cultures, people raised in, in certain cultures, not just an overview from a book written from one perspective. Um, and I think that's where communities like Nurse Deck are incredibly important as well, because you do have that ability to reach out and speak with nurses from all walks of life and all cultures and learn from them specifically from people who experience it live in every day and i just think that's that's really important is to get that education because like mm -hmm. i've said before can't help but we can't know that's exactly right so what other changes do you want to see in the healthcare industry definitely um accessibility <laughs> um Physically in the infrastructure for sure. Um, I never realized how inaccessible our hospitals are, um, especially to employees until I became a wheelchair user. Um, it just, just blew my mind. I really did not ever think that I'd have to worry about it too much. Right. Our hospitals are made for our patients. Well, they are, but oftentimes by someone who doesn't experience disability. And so just little things like bathroom doors that took me two hands to open, you know, little old ladies can't grab that right. and rip those doors open. So little things like that to realizing that most hospitals don't have handicap accessible employee parking, because that's just generally not thought of as a, a thing that, that we'd have somebody with a disability working in healthcare, but we do. It's just that these these people are flying under the radar for so long because it has been a stigma in healthcare, especially in nursing, that physical disability ain't going to fly. <laughs> it's just a very physical job. And that that's something that that's not going to happen. So I had no idea um, how inaccessible things were until, until I was in those wheels, so to speak. Um, it, then so as far as the physical part, yes, but also getting more health disabled human beings working in healthcare. There is such, like I said, this stigma. And so, so many people with physical disabilities don't even try and don't even want to tackle that. Trying to get into nursing school with a physical disability or using a mobility aid is so incredibly difficult. Um, I am a member of a um, national organization, the National Organization of Nurses with Disabilities. And I think that we spend 98% of our time answering emails from nursing students who are being told no from nursing schools across the country because of a physical disability. Because wow. how many times you read a job description or a um, 
in a description on uh, classes for nursing and, you know, must be able to lift, lift so much weight, must be able to walk so far, which is absolutely true. But we can't think about how these people are existing day in and day out just with a slight help of a mobility aid and how they would absolutely still be able to be fantastic nurses and how many different types of nursing there are in the world working with this organization. Yeah. I was There's about to comment on that. Think about stuff you can do that doesn't require being out on the floor, like MDS, the modified data specialist. Think about that or like the insurance roles you can do as a nurse. When yeah. I was pushing my wheelchair, I worked as an acute care case manager for two years where I'm still in the hospital setting, but I wasn't working patient care hands on and could use my wheelchair easily. And so there's so many people who are just kind of being slighted by healthcare as a career. And these are people with this lived experience that's so beneficial to healthcare and developing and moving forward with the way that we care for patients. Um, so that's a big thing that I advocate for is trying to get more disabled humans involved in healthcare and um, into healthcare careers if that's what they want to pursue. Yeah, I'm still thinking about your just having more accessibility. We have it for our patients. We need to have it for staff too. I mean, there's so much you can do as a, like you said, as a nurse that you don't have to always be on the floor and walking around and stuff. There's other things to do as well. Absolutely. Do you think that Nurse Deck could put resources out there that could help others know about ways to help with that issue? Definitely. Um, putting out stories from disabled um, healthcare providers. Um, those of us who have kind of lived both lives and worked as, you know, ambulatory nurses as well as disabled nurses have this cool, cool kind of, I've seen it, but with from both sides and I know, you know, where our strengths are and where our weaknesses are. And so getting these people together and sharing their stories, educational moments, so beneficial um, because, you know, how often do people run across nurses with disabilities in their, <laughs> in their careers? I know that I hadn't until myself. So, I mean, social media, I've met tons now that are out there and that are educating and advocating. And it's just, I think that nurse tech can be incredibly beneficial at helping, you know, kind of lower this divide. <laughs> I agree. And look at you. You've got, what is it, 12,000 and some followers. I mean, think about the impact and difference you have made. People have been reaching out to you and no telling how many people you have met and helped just by sharing your story. Thank you. Yes. Can you tell us, Ryan, what's something you are passionate about that we haven't yet discussed? Um, I think, I think we've hit all the high points. Um, my, only other one that I advocate for as well, and I say advocate because I'm Miss Wheelchair Virginia. <laughs> and oh, cool. so, yeah, I have a crown and everything, and I've had this title for the past two years, and I travel around educating. My platform has been uh, educating healthcare professionals um, on disability and getting more disabled humans involved in healthcare. And so, um, yeah, I'm so incredibly passionate about that. And I have loved getting to wear that title and competed for Miss Wheelchair America this past August. I didn't win, but I was given a Lifetime Achievement Award from um, the Miss Wheelchair Foundation for my disability advocacy. So that's been incredibly, it was, it's been awesome to see all my hard work and kind of pay off. Um, 
so yeah, that's that's my other my other venue. <laughs> that's awesome. Gosh, you have so much going on. <laughs> yeah. How do you find a balance with everything you do? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so I will you're not kidding. Um, so I work night shift full time as a postpartum nurse. And usually I get off in the morning, come home and make content, which is exactly what I did today. I worked all night and then came home, changed clothes, recorded an educational video for my page, napped, and now I'm back at it again. And definitely I love what I do. Um, I thought that my disability, it, it took my dreams of, you know, being a dancer and being on Broadway at one at the first time, it took my dreams of being a flight nurse and an ER nurse the second time. And I thought that, you know, at the time I was told I was going to be in a wheelchair, that it was going to take nursing from me as a whole. Mm -hmm. And it, it didn't. And it has actually showed me, you know, I'm able to help more people in my disability advocacy work and it has made me a better nurse than I ever thought I could be. And so I've gotten to help more people than I could possibly imagine. And so, because I love what I do, it's I can do it on very little sleep and lots of coffee, <laughs> but also passion. I get it. Wow, Ryan, what a story. And you were told that your disability would take you away from nursing. No, it hasn't. No, it hasn't. Look at the difference you were making. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time today here on Nurse Deck. We really appreciate your time and sharing your story with us. And thank you for the difference you have made in this world. I'm sure others have reached out to you as well and your support and you've inspired them to keep moving forward. And don't let that disability prevent them from reaching their dreams. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. This has been a Nurse Deck production hosted by NP Jamie Smith and RN Brianna Kinney Orr. This episode was produced and edited by Juan Paolo Toison and Julia Taliesin. Join us on social.nursedeck.com to connect with podcast hosts and guests and experience a truly nurse-centered online community. Thank you for listening.